It does. Like when they make a good choice, they don't always recognize it, but that they do have a choice. You can choose to help a friend or walk away from that friend. Do you go sit by the person that looks lonely or do you move away from them because it makes you feel awkward? What, what choice are you going to make to impact others? And when I see them making good choices, that's when I feel like this is, this is good because they're thinking outside of themselves. Every day I wake up and I'm excited that they're here because I know there's things that needs to be done at the mission that most people don't want to do. But the fact that they humble themselves at such a young age and they continue to do the work is really inspiring. For me, one of the most emotional parts of SERVE is like getting to see kids that I've known when they were much younger, like serve in a way that is more difficult than they could have done when I first met them or understand the Lord in a way that is more difficult than when I last met or first met them. Or anything where it's like, dang, like you have grown up and now you're not a kid, like now I get to work alongside you. Um, that's something that I'm coming to the realization too when seeing Beverly walk out and then she, she just immediately was emotional and I got to hug her and say that I'm excited to be here to help her out and I don't even know her like and I already feel like we're a family here so I just am really looking forward to helping the people that need my time more than I need my time off so. This is to me when Christ talked about the family being the church, that's what Union Chapel is to me. It is my family.
right. Doesn't that look fun? It was. It was an amazing week. Lots of fun for serve. Hey, uh, good morning. Welcome to our 11 o'clock service. My name is Jeff Hughes, if we haven't had the chance to meet yet, and I serve as the Connections Pastor here. And just uh, so excited to share uh, this message here today. I'm part of the team that helped uh, start serve in 2002. Um, and this week, I uh, serve as the planning director. So we began meeting in January to uh, conduct this week, to plan for this week, and it's been a very uh, busy week. And I just want to say thank you to each of the 288 participants, ages 3 to 19. Let's give it up for them. Way to go. We had over 200 adults who were served in leadership. Let's give them a round of applause. And we had a full parking lot, and we had sunshine for the party in the parking lot. Yeah! It was nice. It was good. Man, this was a phenomenal week, and there is something very unique going on uh, with Serve, but we believe that we want to allow that to um, move us into the future. I believe Serve 2019 was our best yet. It was phenomenal, and you should be very proud of yourselves as a church. Well, in this brief message this morning, what I want to do is I want to celebrate what we did during Serve, but allow it to catapult us into the future that God has for our church, to move us forward. We've done a lot of celebrating. We'll continue to do some, but we want to move forward. So I invite you to grab your Bible, your mobile device, whatever you're going to read the scriptures on this morning, and make your way to the book of Titus, chapter 3. We'll project these words on the screen for you as well. Titus is a New Testament book. It's right after First and Second Timothy, so make your way there. And let's stand to honor the reading of God's word this morning. Titus 3, 1 to 8, and verse 14. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. In verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. So that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Now let's look at Titus 3:14. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Now church, I want you to find two or three people. I want you to touch them on the shoulder and say, I want to do good. And then grab a seat. So true confession this morning, here it is. When it comes to whether my sights and my eyes are set on doing good on a regular basis, sometimes I hit the pillow at night and I feel pretty good about myself if I just fended off a temptation to be a complete jerk at some point during the day. Maybe you can relate. 
I mean, sometimes I feel good about myself because I choked back something terrible that I wanted to say to someone. Or I fought back the urge to seek revenge against someone who sinned against me in traffic on McGalliard. Anybody? Yeah, you've been there. I think you understand what I mean. Or perhaps you want a pat on the back and a divine marching band to celebrate the fact that you didn't do damage to the cause of Christ in a particular circumstance or day. <laughs> That's me as well. But we see in Titus chapter 3 that all sincere Christ followers should devote themselves to doing what is good and beneficial for one another. Paul is basically saying here for us to not squander our lives, to not waste our lives, but to be devoted to doing good in the lives of other people. In fact, we see in Titus that avoiding meanness or just staving off revenge is far from the goal. What's the goal? It's to become people who are so filled with the kindness and the love of God that people see us and they see Jesus in and through us. This morning, what I want to do is try to answer three big questions in regards to serving, why we serve, why should we serve, and what does it mean for us in a week like serve, and what does it mean for us in the days, weeks, and months to come. So the first question, and you'll see this in your outline, I invite you to write this in in just a moment. Why should we go out of our way to do good deeds? Why should we live to serve? Why should you break ranks with people whose chief goal is good times and not good deeds? Well, you may not realize this, but being devoted to doing good is actually God's destiny for you since the beginning of time. On your outline under why do good, write in, it's your destiny. It's your destiny. I love that. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we see a phenomenal verse. And I want us to make the application not for all of us, but for us individually to let this sink in. So when you see the word we, I want you to think and hear your name. Listen to these words. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Listen. There is great power and there is destiny found in these words. You are God's workmanship, formed together, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, not just in a week like serve, but every day in your life. That means that God has given you a role. He's given you a responsibility, a calling, a destiny that he has set before you to accomplish in your life. Think about that for a moment. The God who knitted you together in your mother's womb. The God who created you, created you to do good works right here on this earth. And he actually wants to pour dump truck loads of love and favor and grace and provision upon people all over our city that we encounter and people all over the world. And God's got a plan for how to do that. And his plan, it's you and me. It's us. God wants to use us. We know that through Serve Week that God uses us in amazing ways for people to experience Jesus. You can just look and see the pictures and the video and talk to our 31 teams that God uses our hands. He uses our feet and he uses our mouth to take and tell the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hurting city. And I believe that that's God's call upon us, not just to take and tell the gospel of Jesus to Muncie, but the entire world. We believe that through Serve Week and beyond, that God wants 
to call us to share and show the good news of the gospel to anyone who will listen. And that's exactly what we're committed to do. I'll say it one last time, doing good is your destiny. So if that's the why, let's take a look at the where. Where should you be doing good deeds? Well, some of you are likely familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. We're not going to go there, but let me just describe the situation for you. A guy is walking down a road. He is mugged. He's beaten up, left for dead, robbed. And he's laying there bloodied in the side of the road. And two religious leaders of the time walk past. Now, I don't know where they were going. I don't know what was on their mind. I don't know what excuse they made. But they saw the guy and they left him there. They did not give aid. Finally, a third man, the good Samaritan, walks by and he sees this man laying in the ditch and he helps him up. He bandages his wounds. He cares for him. He puts him on his donkey, takes him to the next little city area and finds an inn and he gives the innkeeper money and says, I want to pay for this man's care. I want to pay for anything that he needs. When I come back through town, if what I've given you to pay for this is not enough, then I'll be happy to pay for the rest. This was a man who left us an important lesson in this parable. It helps answer the question about where we should do good. On your outline under where should I do good, I want you to write wherever you are, wherever you are. Have you ever stopped at a truck stop? You've seen a giant map, maybe along the road it's showing all the different truck stops, but usually you see a big X or an arrow. And what does it say? It says, you are here. Wherever you are is the place that God is calling you to do good. After this message last night, I got a Facebook message from someone who was in the 530 service, and she took a picture of the evacuation route at her work this morning. And it said, you are here. And she said, thank you for reminding me that God has me in this workplace on a Sunday morning to do good. And so I just want to challenge you, church, to think about the places where you will be and to do good in those places, to do good wherever you are. Please listen close to this. When you go home in just a little while, do good in your home. Youth and children who are a part of Serve, don't let serving stop when the event ends, but let it be a part of our lifestyle. Parents, spouses, be good to one another. And when you go to the workplace on Monday or whenever you go to work next, don't take a big nasty pill and go in there and just be mean to everybody. But instead, do good to the people who you are around. When you go to your office, say, hey, this is where God has me. I'm going to do good here. I'm going to make a difference right here. When you go into a restaurant to eat, do good there. Take care of the people who serve you. And when you come to church, do good deeds here. Find a place to plug in and serve. So the why of doing good is it's our destiny. The where is wherever you are. Friends, that brings me to the third and final point of this message. How about that? It's been a long week. Now this one will take a little longer to break down, so listen close. Let's just get painstakingly honest here for a moment and answer this question, how do I do good? How do I do good? In your notes, I want you to write in, be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest things about being a believer, the Christian life, is this guiding presence and power, the still small voice of God that is in us 
the Holy Spirit that allows us to listen, to be in tune with God. And you know what happens when you tune into the power of the Holy Spirit? Our students, our team leaders did this. You're going one direction and you wait, you go, wait a minute. I think I should go talk to that person. I think I should encourage that person. I think I should pray for this person. I think I should go knock on a door over here and offer some services to these people who maybe need the, the yard picked up or, or whatever. Just in a way of just doing good. When we listen to the power of the Holy Spirit, we become more and more comfortable hearing what God says. And our, our teams were doing that all week long. It's one of the things that we challenge them to do, to listen for the opportunity that the Holy Spirit will speak to them. So let's go back to the Good Samaritan story. The Good Samaritan's walking along, and I believe that he saw this man bloodied and beaten in the ditch, and there was a voice inside him that said, go do good. Perhaps even, I've prepared you, I've called you, I've equipped you to do good. He had some money in his pocket, he had some bandages, he had the ability to care for this person, and so he was resourced and he was equipped. As you go through your life, God will give you resources and he will equip you. But if you will listen to the nudge, the leading of the Holy Spirit, great things will happen in our lives. And I believe through the course of our lives that the Holy Spirit prompts us to do the good deeds that he has for us. So here's my challenge tonight, this morning. To be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit as you go about your day. So why do good? It's your destiny. Where Do good wherever you are. And how do you do good? You go in the leading of the Holy Spirit and invite him to help you. You know, our team was thinking about what we want to do in this service today, and we realized something. We realized that there are hundreds and hundreds of people who are serving in our church. You're plugged in. You would say, I am, I'm not on the sidelines. I'm on the field. I'm in the game. I'm plugged in serving here. But we also realize that there are hundreds and hundreds of people here who will be in our services this weekend that are not plugged in to a place where you can significantly contribute with your life on a regular basis. And so in your bulletin, I want to ask you to grab this half sheet insert. Just put your eyes on that real quick. Open it up. Look at it. It says made to serve at the top. And we put together a few different areas where you could plug in and try out serving here at the church over the course of the next six weeks. Now listen, if you're already serving, if you're already plugged in in some area here at the church where you volunteer, this is not for you. But if you are what I would describe as on the sidelines, I want to invite you to get into the game. And over the next six weeks, we will invite you to taste what it's like to be a part of a serving team. I believe you could talk to any of our students who are a part of serve, even team leaders, and ask them, was it rewarding for you to go out and serve this week? And they would say, absolutely. I think they would also say, are you tired? Absolutely, because I know I am and our leaders are as well. But what we want to do is we want to give every single person in our congregation an opportunity to move from an attendee to being an advocate, to move from being a consumer to being a contributor, to stop chasing the wind and start changing the world. And as we do that together, we believe that God has great things in store for Muncie, for our city right here, and for the world as he uses us. But I want to challenge you to be encouraged 
by our young people, 288 from ages 3 to 19. Can we do something? And can we not just go, yeah, that's cute, that's awesome, while we put our gifts and talents on the shelf and don't use them? But can we look at what they're doing and go, man, that is phenomenal, that is awesome. I want to taste what it's like to do and be what they have received and what they have done throughout this week because God will change your life as you invest in changing the lives of other people. Did you get it, church? You got it? All right, stand up with me. Let's pray together as the band makes their way up. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have called each and every one of us to live a life of purpose. Thank you that you've given us breath in our lungs to steward over. Help us not to miss the opportunities, the God-given things right before us to do good in our homes, in our community, right here at church and at work. Remind us that the supernatural work of God starts right where we are. God, thank you for sending Jesus as our model who laid down his life for each of us. And fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and guide our steps. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I invite you to respond in worship.